Welcome to the Ark Church Podcast. On here, you'll find all of our Sunday and Wednesday messages, as well as classes and special services. If you would like more information about the Ark Church, visit us at thearkchurch.com or download our app available to all app stores. Our heart for you is that you would live for God, grow stronger, and make a difference. Enjoy. Would you turn, please, to Romans, the uh, 10th chapter, in seeking the Lord about what we should do on these evenings, I believe I am impressed with the, this verse and, and the truths that are associated with it. Romans 10 and verse 11. It says, for the scripture says, how many know if the scripture says, that's how it is? Whether you think so or not, it is. Whether you know it or not, it is. Said, uh, the scripture says, whoever believes on him shall not be ashamed. Why don't you say that out loud? Whoever believes on him shall not be ashamed. Let's say it together a couple of times. Whoever believes on him shall not be ashamed. Another time, whoever believes on him shall not be ashamed. Shall not be ashamed. Uh, another way of that word ashamed, you could say shall not be disappointed. Shall not be actually uh, uh, one of the writings and Peter's quotes it as shall not be confounded. So confounded would be uh, troubled, uh, not understanding, confused, ashamed, let down, disappointed. Let's read it again. The scripture says, says what? Whoever, so who does this apply to? Everybody. Whoever believes on him, what? Shall not be ashamed. Do you know of anybody that endeavored to believe God and was disappointed? Huh? <laughs> See, you don't want to answer that because it don't agree with what you just said. Hmm? But you know the answer is, is yes, that people have endeavored to believe for things and it didn't work. They were disappointed. But what did this say? Y'all are too quiet. <laughs> what? Just... We, we just prayed a prayer. Now, you, you, we, we prayed, we agreed. The Lord was going to help us, right? And yes, utterance and yeah. eyes and ears to get it. And so you're going to have to work with me a little bit. Yes, sir. Right? Yes. Don't, don't be a, a scared. <laughs> huh? What will the truth do for you? Make you It'll make you free. And that's what we want, right? That's what we asked yes. for. Yes. So... Do, do you know of any situations where people prayed 
They made confessions. They stood best they knew how. And it didn't work. Oh yeah. Sure you do. But according to this, we don't know anybody That's right. that believed God and were disappointed. Amen. Huh? Because Amen. the scripture is right. <laughs> if the scripture says it, that's how it is, whether you understand it or not. Right? So if there's a disconnect, then what you got to do is make a decision that you trust God, whether you understand it or not. Right? I, uh, years ago at Ramah, uh, we had a, uh, one of our instructors was uh, Brother uh, Mel and uh, Piper. And um, he taught us uh, Old Testament survey. And of course, we're going through all the judgments. And we're going through all the things in the Old Testament. And one day, it was, it was real quiet in there. You know, one day, he, was, he, he just paused and he said, let me give you some good advice. No matter what you understand or don't understand in the scripture, always stay on God's side. How many think that's good advice? Yes. Whether you understand it or whether you don't, you need to say, well, I'm with him. Because <laughs> that God is right. Yeah. yeah, but what about, I don't know, but he's right. <laughs> yeah, but how come? I don't know, but he's right. Yeah. I'm staying with him. Amen. And people say, yeah, but how come he, he allowed this and how come he didn't do this and and how come? See, this is not okay, especially for a believer, because you're not just asking questions for information's sake. Do you hear the tone? How come? And you hear sometimes people say, why, God? Why? Especially for a believer, that is nowhere near okay. Because that tone is not just asking for help. That tone is accusative. Right? Where are you, God? Why didn't you do it? Right? See, that is, there's an accusation, and if it's an accusation against him, it came from the devil. He is the accuser of the brethren. Is that right? He accuses us to God. He accuses God to us. He accuses us to each other. And, and you do not want to voice his feelings and accusations he brings to your thoughts and minds or elsewise you're yielding to a wrong spirit. You never want to look up and shake your fist and go, why God, why? Not okay. He's merciful to baby Christians who don't know any better. Thank God. But especially after the Lord has answered prayers for you many times and done things for you for years and even decades, you know better. Is that right? You know better. You ask. It's okay to ask. But you don't ask with an attitude or with an accusation. You ask 
uh, you know, and, and there are times you need to affirm, Lord, whether I ever understand this in my lifetime or not, I will still trust you. Yes. I still believe. You, you, faith is not based on understanding. Faith is a choice. Yes. You just choose to believe. And you, you can trust somebody when you don't have a clue what's going on. You just, you trust them. You trust their nature. You trust their integrity. And uh, I, I am fully convinced that our Father, the Almighty God, the creator of the heavens and the earth, is a faithful God. Yes, Do you believe it? Yes, he is a faithful God. He's a good God. He never has let anybody down. I know it's looked like it. It's felt like it. It sounded like it. But there was just something wrong with the way you were looking. <laughs> because he is the faithful God. Come on, somebody said out loud. He is the faithful God. My God. My Father is the faithful God. And I will trust him in life and in death when I understand and when I don't. Father, I will trust you. It's a choice you make because there are things you don't understand and there will be some things you don't understand. And especially when it comes to other people there will be things you don't understand about them and there are things that the Lord won't tell you even if you ask him. There are times if you really press in and asking about a situation with somebody, the Lord will answer and tell you that's between me and them. And that's all you will know. And you ought to be glad he's that way. Because he's that way with you too. Right? <laughs> Not interested in him embarrassing you by telling your problems to other people. He's, he's a gracious God. I know Brother Hagen, his uh, sister got sick and uh, he said there'd been numerous times that he'd been able to intercede for his family members and God had healed them and had mercy on them. And, but this time she just got worse and worse and, and, and she died and she wasn't that old. And, and Brother Hagin's a man of faith and he knows how to pray and he knows God, but she died. But uh, not too long after that, he was in a meeting and, and a woman of God had prophesied and said that soon he was going to have an experience and he's going to learn some things about heaven. Well, he didn't know what that meant, but not too long after that, he got caught up and, and went to heaven and saw his sister. And saw the Lord. He said he all at once he was up behind him and his sister was talking to the master Jesus. And, and uh, well, let me see, it was the other way. Uh, Jesus was facing him and the sister was talking to him. And Jesus looked at him and, and his sister turned and said, Oh, Ken, her brother. <laughs> and, uh, you know, they hugged and everything. And she said, Ken, don't feel bad that you couldn't pray the prayer of faith for me. There was a reason why. And that was it. Nothing else said. And so uh, the Lord had told him, just leave that between me 
uh, and her and don't touch it again in thought life. Did you hear that now? There are a number of things it is completely unprofitable for you to think about. If you think on it, there's nothing but pain down that path. And whether you believe it or not, it is entirely within your control what you think on. There, there are situations where if you get to thinking about this, down this path, what if, how come, could have been, should have been, whatever, it's being carnally minded. And the scripture says there's death in it. And the further you go down that path, thinking about that, thinking about that, you will hurt, you will cry, and, and it'll get worse and darker. And when you've cried that you can't cry anymore, nothing will have changed, nothing will have been helped, and you will have hurt for no reason. Come on, are you listening? There's nothing but pain and death down that path. But there's another path. Hallelujah. To be spiritually minded is life and peace. And if you listen, the Lord will tell you, don't think about that. Leave that alone. Put your mind on this. Think about this. Talk about this. Dwell about this. And the more you think and talk about that, it'll minister life to you. It'll minister peace to you. All you got to do to see if you've been thinking on the right thing or wrong thing is look at what it's doing to you. Right? Look at what it's doing to you. Are you depressed? Are you upset? Well, you have been thinking on the wrong thing and it's entirely in your control to change it, if you will. There are times you need to absolutely do what the Bible said, grab a thought and cast it down. Throw it down and say, no, I am not thinking on that. I refuse to. And there are times you need to speak out loud because, you know, not that a spirit is in you, but wrong spirits will bring things to you. They'll bring things against your mind, feelings and thoughts, and they're really persistent. And they try to do this all the time with all of us, but you need to resist that. You need to say, shut up, get out of here, leave me alone. I resist you in the name of Jesus. Is that right? And then immediately you need to change the channel. Do you know what I mean by that? You can't just sit there and think on that stuff. You've got to change the channel. Focus on what he said. Didn't the Bible say whatsoever things are true, just, pure, lovely, if there's good report, if there be any virtue, think on these things. Is that right? He tells you very specific. Don't think on that. Nothing but pain and death down that road. Think on this. Focus on this. Part of growing up spiritually is developing powers of focus and not being so easily distracted and misled and letting yourself. We, we actually have hurt ourselves by watching so much TV. Thank you for those two responses. <laughs> Why? Because, and with modern internet and and, and searches and sites because everything is milliseconds. I mean, it's just here and here and here and here and here and here. And a lot of folks, even though they're 40 years old, they got the attention span of a three-year-old. They do. 
And their thoughts are just bing, 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 bouncing off the wall. They're all, whatever thought comes to their mind, they go, oh, pretty, pretty. Oh, oh. <laughs> and really they are, you might be in a 50-year-old body, but spiritually they're like two years old. I'm serious. They're their baby. They have never developed. A part of growing up spiritually is you learn to control your own mind. And the way you get there is by learning how to control your own mouth. Now, I didn't say it backwards. It's mouth first. That helps you control your mind. You remember what he said to to Joshua? This book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth, but you'll meditate in it night and day. Which did he mention first? Mouth. Mouth. Are y'all okay? So, according to the scripture, no one has ever uh, believed on God, trusted in Him, and was made ashamed. Um, It just, it, it hasn't happened, and it's not going to happen. But there are a lot of people who, who called themselves believing God, trusting God, and it didn't work. So where is the, uh, the disconnect? In 1 Timothy 1, if you'd look there, please. 1 Timothy 1, verse 4. He said, don't give heed to uh, fables and endless genealogies which minister questions rather than godly edifying, which is in faith, so do. Now, the end of the commandment is love out of a pure heart and of a good conscience and of faith unfeigned. Did you notice that term? What kind of faith? Faith unfeigned. Now, that literally means faith without hypocrisy. Faith without pretending. God is truth. It doesn't get any more true than God. There is not any shadow of darkness or falseness about him. None. And that is something we're not familiar with in this world. This world has been completely contaminated with falseness and phoniness and insincerity and we've grown up in it and around it and have been more affected than we'd like to admit. It's actually unusual when you talk to someone that is absolutely honest. Now that doesn't mean they say things that hurts people's feelings. And don't care. Well, I'm just honest. No, that's not just being honest. That's not being led. That's not caring. That's not being wise. That's, no, it's not about being blunt. It's just you don't lie. Right? And you don't shade things. Uh, and the more you grow in God, the more you become like the master, that you, you become that way. You, you get rid of the phoniness, you get rid of the pretending. 
And when he says faith unfeigned, there's revelation there. Why would you say faith unfeigned? Because obviously there is faith that is feigned. There is what people call faith, but in reality, it's pretending. It's pretending. And for those who don't know, it sounds like faith. It looks like faith to them. They're quoting scriptures. But the truth is, it's not real faith. It's pretend. Are y'all with me, church? Is this scripture or not? What is unfeigned faith? Faith that is real, faith that is genuine, faith that is not pretend. There is zero room in doing the things of God for pretending. I mean zero. Because you get into pretending, you just left the Holy Spirit. He is not going to work with you in that. Because he is the spirit of truth. And God's word is the word of truth. Jesus said, I am the way and the truth. And so you, and there, there are all kinds of reasons why people pretend. And don't raise your hand, but everybody in here has done something. Hmm? Because of fear, because of pride, because of confusion, being concerned about what somebody might think. Hmm? And in our circles that we've learned a few things about faith, we don't want anybody thinking we're faithless. We don't want people thinking we're not even trying to believe. So, Folks learn what to say. Huh? They learn the right phrases. <laughs> Y'all are laughing. Are we going to be okay with this or not? Huh? But just because you learned the right phrases, that does not mean that you are really in faith. Hmm? And if you're pretending, well, that's, that's not going to work. It's not real faith. Uh, look with me, and this is a, a verse that's been quoted many times throughout the Word. Um, I can just read it to you. Habakkuk, the second chapter. You'll find this quoted several times in the New Testament. Habakkuk 2.4. It says, Behold, his soul which is lifted up is not upright in him. See if you recognize this last part of this verse, though. But the just shall live by his faith. Have you ever heard that one? The just shall live by faith. Well, that's where it came, it came from right here. This is one of the first times you see it in the scripture. And then it's quoted multiple times even in the New Testament. But how many have seen with this, the just shall live by his faith is only half the verse. <coughs> Right? What's the other half? His soul, which is what? Lifted up. 
Now, here's an interesting thing about this. The word that's translated lifted up is the word that in, we're about to see in another place, translated presumed. Presumed or presumptuous. His soul which is lifted up or his soul which is presumptuous is not upright in him, is not right. But the just shall live. I like that word too. If you're living, you ain't dying. Amen. Is that right? If you're living, you're, you're overcoming. Shall live by his faith. So it's drawing a contrast between faith that works, that results in living, victory, and presumptuousness presumptuousness. This has been a big problem. And it it still is. Presumption. Do you know what it means to presume something? It means to decide it's this way or to take this course of action when you have not confirmed it. You're basing it on nothing. This is faith or attempted faith without a foundation. Attempting to believe something without it being verified. Without knowing that you you had this permission or direction. And what we've, we've had in our circles, word circles, faith circles, charismatic circles... We've learned a few things about the principles of faith, but in many cases have separated them from personal direction from God. And I've been saying this for years because the Lord gave it to me years ago, but we, we must not separate operating in faith from being led by the Spirit. That is why many have attempted to believe for things and it didn't work. Because they just presumed they would do this. They just assumed they would do this. And you got people, a lot of times they don't don't mean to be doing it maliciously, but ignorantly they are filling in the blanks themselves with all kind of things. And endeavoring to, sometimes endeavoring to believe for things the Lord never told them to believe for. Are y'all listening? And in some cases, especially when it comes to other people, if you'd have gone to the Lord and really sought Him and really heard from Him, in many of these cases, He'd have told you to leave it alone. That it was not your choice, it was not your decision. But you don't want to hear that, especially when it's a loved one. Right? So people try to believe for things that's actually outside their scope of authority. And are so disappointed when it didn't work. And some even get mad and blame God and quit church. Quit praying, quit going to church. And that... Maybe the answer to the question, how stupid can you get? (laughs) Why? 
because you're in a mess and need help. So you leave the one who could help you. Dumb. I said dumb. And is it true that anybody ever really trusted God and was made ashamed and disappointed? No. No matter what they may have thought, they didn't really believe God and were disappointed and ashamed. He's never done that with anybody. He's not going to start with you. Can I keep going? Y'all going to help me with this? Some have learned a few principles about faith, but they've taken it to be independent. Well, I'll just, I'll just trust God. Well, have you talked to him about it? <laughs> well, I'm just going to trust him. <laughs> to do what? <laughs> Tell me how you can get faith. So then faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God. Actually, it's the word Christos there. It's the anointed rhema, if you look at the words. And if something comes up, people say, well, what you need to do is just stand on the word. Stand on the word. Well, it's a big book. <laughs> right? I mean, what? Huh? Can we narrow it down some? No, the truth is you need to hear from God on every situation. And it'll always be in line with his word. And the more you know about the word, the quicker you'll recognize it and the quicker you'll get settled. But you must not try to do it without a living fellowship with the living God. Talking to him about it. Inquiring of him about it. Y'all okay? Yes. Look in Proverbs, the third chapter. You could quote it, but look at it. Proverbs 3. A lot of folks know this and have quoted it, but it's not just something to know. It's something to practice. And I mean, when I say practice, I mean multiple times every day and night. Like scores of times throughout the day. What do you mean? Proverbs 3 and uh, verse 5. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Trust, faith is not of the head. It is not of the intellect. You can know a lot of stuff and be faithless. You can know and quote a lot of scriptures and not have any faith in that area. Knowledge is not faith. Faith is, is of the heart. Uh, lean not to your own understanding. When the Lord says that, he means to, to heed it. What? Don't do it. Why? Because there will be a tendency to fill in the blanks. Well, I want this. Well, I think it should happen this way. Well, I'm just going to believe for it. Based on what? Come on, y'all with me? 
And this is where people get in trouble because they rush. How many remember the prophet said, he that believes shall not make haste. You remember that? He that believes shall not make haste. What does that mean? Uh, Through faith and patience you inherit the promises. So impatience is an enemy. And your flesh is impatient. Just like mine. When does your flesh want it? Yesterday would have been better, right? I mean... (laughs) And just because you want something, does that mean you can believe for it? Now, see, that's a question. That's a question. Let me give you an example. Let's say I came in here tonight and I said, man, I am blessed. I'm loaded. I got a roll of $100 bills here. I got a roll of $100 bills here. And I just, I just feel impressed to give 50 people in this uh, Auditorium, I'm not saying this. This is just an example. (laughs) Some people were getting too excited about that. If I said, I'm going to give 50 people in this auditorium $100 each. Could you have faith to receive one of those? Based on what? Huh? I didn't say I was going to give you one. Did I? What did I say? Well, there's more than 50 people in here. Are y'all with me? You might say, well, yeah, but I need it. Yeah, but your faith, your faith in me giving you the money would have to be based on what I told you. And, re- and, and in reality, I did not tell you. I would give it to you. So you could not have faith. Now with me or not? You could wish. You could want. Is that right? Now I know anytime I say something like that, people say, well, you don't know me. I got faith. And that's why we're talking about it tonight. Because that's not faith. That's presumption. Y'all with me? That's presumption. If you say, yeah, but I need it. Yeah, but I need it. God has a million ways to get to you what you need. Why would it have to come through me? No. You can't have faith in me to do anything beyond what I told you I would do for you. And faith, when we're talking about faith, walking by faith, we're not just talking about some abstract Thing. We're talking about living trust in the living God, right? And in order for that to be real and work, you got to talk to him. You got to check in with him, right? What does this say? Proverbs 3, 5. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. It's a heart thing. Don't lean to your head. Don't fill in the blanks with your head. Don't lean to your own understanding. Tell me the next verse. Huh? It's okay. Just do it whatever way you want to. Huh? Nuh-uh. 
Do what? In all your ways. How many? How many? How much does that encompass? In all your ways, do what? Acknowledge him? That sounds like a lot of checking in. Is that right? That sounds like a lot of inquiring of the Lord. Acknowledge him, but what's the results? He shall, if, you, if you'll do that, he shall direct your path. But the, the, the reality is that all kind of church-going people, they rarely check in. They decide what they want to do and ask God to bless it. They, they're leaning to their own understanding. Well, I know what I need, do you? Well, I know I've done it. I've already, I've been doing this for 30 years. So (laughs) do you know just because you've been doing something a long time does not mean you're doing it right? That is not an automatic thing. (laughs) Uh -uh. And no matter what you have learned, it's a drop in the bucket compared to what the greater one inside you knows. Is that right? But if you don't take the time to look, to ask, to acknowledge, and you fill in the blanks yourself, well, then you can put your father in a position of the only way he can make this work is to confirm your plan instead of his. And he's not going to do that. I said he's not going to do that. Which means what you had planned out is not going to work. No matter how many times you confessed it. Hmm? You're trying to use faith principles. But we, we got to watch about rushing too quick to claiming, believing, declaring. That's not where it should start. It should start with inquiring. Of the Lord. You may say, well, well, yeah, but I know the scriptures on it. You know barely any scriptures. <laughs> and besides that, which part is the Lord emphasizing to you? You, you, you need to hear from Him. Somebody say, I must hear from Him. In every situation. Sure, it's going to be in line with His Word. Sometimes it'll be verbatim a verse. Or, or two or three, uh, it, it, or it'll be something that's in the language, your own kind of speech, but you'll recognize later, well, that's the word. It was right there. Yeah. Yeah. But it won't be just some random thing that you plucked out of the air and decided to stand on. Yes. You, you heard from him, and you know when you've heard from him. Hmm? It's not this bland mental ascent thing. It's a quickening inside your spirit. And you don't have it until he gives it to you. I said you don't have it until he gives it to you. Which means there are times you need to wait on the Lord before you start the thing. He that believes shall not make haste. He won't hurry. He, won't, or he or she won't rush. 
Is that okay? Go to Jeremiah, please. You know, some things don't make you run the aisle at the time. But if you make the changes, you'll do a lot of running and shouting later when things start working. Things start getting results. Hallelujah. The Lord spoke to my heart some years ago in a time of prayer. He, he, he speaks to you the way you understand. And I'm talking about an audible voice, but inside me real strong. He said, Keith, if you'll learn to be more selective, you'll be more effective. Talking about what I said faith confessions, and my prayers. Many times people are too quick to pray. See, that sounds wrong. But, you know, especially somebody come up to you, you know, uh, agree with me on this. Do not pretend that you're agreeing when you don't. You're not helping people by playing games with them and pretending. Right? And, and, and we're not saying they can't believe for what they're saying, but if it's not real to you, you don't need to act like it is. If that doesn't bear witness with you, then you wouldn't really be in agreement. This includes husbands and wives. See, there's been too much pretending, too much going through the motions of religious actions. Oh, well, let's pray about it. But, well, okay, but you got to pray in faith or it does no good. Just to say you prayed? What did you pray? Based on, well, we're believing for this to happen. Based on what? Faith is not baseless. Faith is based on something. Yes. Right? Yes. Faith in me had to be based on what I, I said. If you say, well, I'm, I'm believing for Brother Keith to come and uh, uh, cut my grass and do my laundry. Because all things are possible to him that believes. <laughs> well, you might be waiting, especially if I didn't even know about it. Is that right? And you certainly wouldn't be faith in me. Because I didn't tell you that I would. That's wishful thinking. And it can be worse than that. It's presumption. And presumption can be arrogance. Also can be lazy. You know? Because it takes time and some effort to seek God and get an answer. A lot of times people know they should pray. They go, okay, uh, let me pray about it first. Okay, okay. You go in the room, you know, rondai, shondai, untai, bowtie, and yeah, yeah, the Lord said it's okay. He said be fine to do it. You, you did not hear from God. No, you didn't. You did not. <laughs> and a lot of folks don't even go through the formality of that. They just, they just go, yeah, it'd be fine. Yeah, God said, yeah, it'd be okay. And they did not hear from him. And so their faith is not based on anything. It's wishful thinking. It's pretending. And so they shouldn't be shocked when it didn't work. But people are not only shocked, they're hurt. And get mad at God, which is foolish. Notice this in, in Jeremiah 42. Here's Jeremiah we know to be a man of God. Not he thought he was, he really is. And the people came in Jeremiah 42 too. They came to him 
And they said, uh, we beseech you, uh, let our supplication be accepted before you and pray to the Lord your God for this remnant. That the Lord your God may show us the way wherein we should walk and the thing that we may do. So this affected the whole country. And they were in a bad way. And they said, you know, pray and ask the Lord. And Jeremiah the prophet said, I've heard you. And behold, uh, I don't have to pray. This is what I think. Huh? (laughs) I better read that again. Said, uh, I will pray to the Lord your God according to your words. And it shall come to pass that whatever thing the Lord shall answer you, I will declare it to you. I will keep nothing back from you. Is he saying, I don't know right now. I can't tell you. But I'm going to pray. And I'm going to ask him. Verse 7, read that out loud to me. And it came to pass, what? What? After 10 days, the word of the Lord came to Jeremiah. Hearing from God is not this abstract, imaginary thing that some have thought. It's definite. I said it's definite. And, you know, the enemy will tell you, oh, you know, you're not a prophet. You're not spiritual. You can't, you have to leave that to somebody else. You know, or your spouse, they're the prayer. They're the spiritual one. Well, they can't do your praying for you. No, that's wrong. And Jesus said, my sheep. Are you his sheep? Huh? If you're not, you're not born again. You're not saved. How many would say, I'm his sheep? I I am. I've been born again. Well, what what did he say? My sheep know my voice. I want you to say it out loud. I I am his sheep. And I know his voice. And I can hear from him. And I do hear from him. So that's not trying to hear audible voices. It's not trying to fall into a trance. You learn how to pay attention. The Holy Spirit communicates to us through our own human spirit. And his spirit through our spirit influences and enlightens our mind. But it's not just you coming up with something on your own. It's actually hearing from him and you don't have it till you have it. There's been many a time situations were going on that I wished I'd had the answer. But I didn't have it yet. And I knew that. I must not just fill in the blank and say, well, okay, let's do this. And we'll ask God to help us. That's how you fall on your face. You seek him, you ask, and then you expect. Because he said, ask, you shall receive. Is that right? Seek. And you'll find, knock, it'll be open to you. You can count on God. He is faithful. But don't set a time frame for him. You're not God. You don't tell him how to do it. You ask him and then you expect. Some things you thought you really needed to know right then, you'll find out later. Not only did you not need to know right then, you didn't need to know at all. You need to leave that alone. Go another direction. And you'll find that real faith Some have learned a few principles about faith and they thought it meant they become independent. And I can just use my faith and I don't need to anybody. No, real faith in God 
is complete dependence on him. It requires humility. It requires submission. A word very unpopular today. It requires obedience. Another word just as unpopular. Said out loud, humility. humility. Can you see that in that verse we just read? In all your ways, do what? What does that mean? I mean, you are just continually throughout the day and night, you're acknowledging, Lord, I need your help. I need your help. I need your help. Show me what to do. Which way do I go on this? Is that right? You're not just leaning to your own understanding and deciding things. And then, see, some people, they have the idea that God exists to help them live their best life. That God is really just an add-on to my life. Help me achieve my dreams. Help me achieve my goals. Uh, no. He's supposed to be your Lord. Hmm? Your Lord. Not an add-on. You bow your knees to him. You submit to his lordship. Right? And you're willing to obey even if it's something you didn't think you wanted to do. You trust him. A completely different idea than some folks have today. But if you'll do it, you'll get miracles. You'll have things that other people don't even hardly believe in. You'll see things come to pass that no man or woman could do. Why? Because you listen to him. You did it his way. You didn't just blare out on your own. How many remember the first miracle that we're told that happened in Jesus' ministry? Remember what it was? Turning of water into wine. You remember his mother told him, you know, they're out of wine. And, and he said, well, what's that to us? And, and so that kind of ended that conversation. But she turned to the disciples and said, but now whatever he says to you, do it. That is so simple, but that is the key to having a miracle. That's it. But how many understand the first thing that happens is you got to hear what he said. Right? right? What did he say? Right. You, I mean, all, how many different directions could they have gone in their mind? Who would have thought, I know what we'll do. Fill a water pot with water. That'll fix everything. They'd have never thought of that in a thousand years. If they'd have just been trying to use their faith to believe to fix this, they'd have been trying to find out how to get to market, how to get to the store, how to get the money, how to do all this, and they didn't need to do any of that. Presumption is causing people to fall, causing people to imagine they're doing something, but it's not at his direction. Now, a lot of folks don't like this kind of talk because you're going to actually have to pray. Huh? And you're going to have to, you can't just depend on the pastor or, or somebody else. You're actually going to have to seek God and ask him and then keep believing until you get it. Hmm? What, what do you mean get it? You get the direction. You get the word quickened to you. 
And oh, when you get it, happy day. Is that right? When you get it and you know, that's it, that's it, that's it. That's what I do. Now you start confessing. Oh, come on, can you see this? Now you start declaring. Now you're standing. Can you see a lot of people, they're too quick to start confessing, too quick to start declaring on something they hadn't heard about from him. After 10 days, somebody say after 10 days. So he's, this is a man who lives in the things of the Spirit. This is a man who's at the forefront of the prophet's ministry in the nation, maybe in the world at this time. They don't come any more spiritual. But did he just give them some advice from his vast experience? Mm-mm. He said, I'll pray and I'll let you know what the Lord says. Basically, don't call me, I'll call you. <laughs> when I hear from God. Uh, my wife Phyllis is a wonderful anointed woman of God and minister and a lot of times I'm out on the road like this and she's done a lot of our uh, 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 major counseling on situations that were big problems, especially when I'm out of town and stuff. And, and she learned this years ago. And she will not answer or she won't counsel until she's heard from the Lord about it. Somebody says, well, I got this going on. I got this serious thing. And, and what she'll say, well, let me pray. Yeah, but I want to get with you today. No. Mm -mm. Because she knows me giving you what I think is not enough. Come on, are you with me or not? But see, that takes some humility. Right? In all your ways, acknowledging him. And I've seen sometimes, you know, days later, sometimes weeks later, sometimes months later. And there it is. Hallelujah. And sometimes, I remember a while back, there was a situation in where the Lord said, well, they didn't do the last thing uh, you, you told them to do, so there's no need talking about this. But folks don't like that kind of, they want to be coddled. They want to be hugged. But that won't get you your miracle. Right? Tell me how they got that miracle. Whatever he says to you, What? But that, what's the first part of that? You got to hear what he said. Yes. Say it out loud. I must, I must hear, from him. hear from him. There is no substitute. There is no, substitute. There is no other way. Is no Isn't that the same thing as sin? Faith then comes by what? Hearing. By hearing and hearing by the rhema Christos, by the anointed word of God. Oh, God. Hallelujah. And for it, just like God created the heavens and the earth with his words, how many believe when he created that, it was the perfect word. Yes. Perfect word for that time. And with us, we don't know, we don't have the, the, all of that wisdom in our awareness on every situation, but there's somebody inside us who does. And so we look to him and we ask him, we, we, we humble ourselves and acknowledge, I need your help. I'm asking, I'm inquiring. 
we submit ourselves, even before you know what he's going to say, by faith you're saying, isn't that what he said? They, he said, they said, well, whatever he says to us, that's what we'll do. They didn't do so good in the aftermath of that, but he did tell them only what the Lord said, whether it was popular or whether it wasn't. He was disciplined to stay with, thus saith the Lord. Y'all okay? Hallelujah. Just checking you out a little bit. (laughs) Uh, Go with me, if you would, to Hebrews. Can you take a little bit more? We had a preacher, guest speaker a while back, and and, uh, he said, who will give me five more minutes? a guy raised his hand. They raised it. He said, okay, good. Five, 10, 15. <laughs> uh, Hebrews, the great faith chapter, Hebrews 11. When he's talking about unfeigned faith, he's talking about faith in which there is zero pretense. If you don't have it in your heart, and if you don't have confidence to say it or or, or believe for it, you're not ready to start declaring and affirming. You You need to hear what he said about it. And it's fine to start getting in the scriptures and and see what he said along that line, but you don't just pick something at random. You're looking and he'll quicken something to you. He'll cause you to know. Sometimes you won't get it on the first day. It took Jeremiah 10 days. He's a very spiritual individual, but you don't have it till you have it. But when he did, that's it. You, you'll get excited in your spirit when God quickens it to you. You go, oh, that, this is it. This is it. This is it. We're going to do this, and we're going to say this, and it's going to work. Yes. Hallelujah. Amen. But see, there was no pretending. No, just making up your own mind and asking God to bless it. In Hebrews 11, notice how he distinguishes about when the children of Israel crossed the Red Sea. Verse 29, it said, by faith, and that's how all these verses start out. By faith, they, God's people, they passed through the Red Sea as by dry land, which the Egyptians are saying to do, were drowned. This is a contrast between faith and not faith. They both did the same physical act. Come on, can you see this? One of them was faith. One of them was not. One of them got a miracle. One of them drowned. (laughs) A saying can be translated attempting. Attempting to do. Why couldn't the Egyptians have faith? I mean, the Bible said, you know, faith without an action is dead. Well, they saw these guys step out. You know, Moses put his rod out there and, 
And they stepped out, and man, the waters had been pushed back by the, the wind, and, and they went across on, on dry ground, dry ground, and none of them drowned. None of them even got wet. So Pharaoh and his bunch coming up, up the other side, they're thinking, well, if they can do it, we can do it. Does God give the same word to everybody? No, he does not. Which is why you got to watch about just imitating what somebody else did and calling it faith. Well, yeah, but if God did it for them, yeah, but what did he tell them? And what did he tell you? Let me remind you of what he told them. Because there is a, there's a big difference. In Exodus uh, 14, don't turn there, but Exodus 14, when they were standing there and the Pharaoh and his company is bearing down on them and the, the sea is blocking them, the Lord told Moses, he said, the Lord's going to fight for you and you're going to hold your peace. And the Lord said to Moses, why cry to me, speak to the children of Israel that they go forward. You lift up your rod and stretch out your hand over the sea and divide it. And the children of Israel, did it say Everybody. The children of Israel will go on dry ground through the midst of the sea. Can he have faith to do that? Yes. Absolutely. Why? Because the word of the Lord. Is that right? Thus saith the Lord, go forward. This is what's going to happen. This is going to be the result. Did they have something to stand on? Yes. yes, they did. What did he tell Pharaoh? Oh yeah, he'd been he'd given him a word months ago. Is that right? Let my people go. Is that right? Let my people go. So what's the only thing Pharaoh could have had faith for? That's the only thing he could have. Now you might say, well, that's, that's not really faith. Oh yeah, it is because their slave population is, is driving the economy. But if God said let them go, that means they can make it without them. Huh? If, if they'd have looked to him, if they'd have believed him. But they tried to act on the word he gave to somebody else. And they drowned. Does that mean God let them down? No. Even though it looked like they were doing the exact same act as the Israelites and if you didn't know any better, you'd say, well, man, they stepped out just as bold as anybody else. Yeah, but God didn't tell them to do that. He told them something else. You must not try to act on someone else's faith. If they tell you, well, yeah, but, you know, this is what you should do. And, and I just believe and I just do this. And yeah, but it's not their body. It's not their finances. It's not their marriage. Hmm? Beware of somebody that hasn't even dealt with that situation telling you what they would do. <laughs> huh? And even if God did tell them and they had a miracle, do not just try to act on what they did. What did God tell them? You don't know. All of us that are, are at different places, all of us are different individuals. All of us have unique, different situations. And what God spoke to them, 
may not apply to you in your situation at that time. You, you must hear from him for yourself. Come on, say it out loud. I must, I must hear, from him hear from him for myself. For myself. I, must. I must. I will take no substitute. You got to watch about asking everybody what you should do because they may tell you. (laughs) And it could really mess you up. (laughs) Could really mess you up. And then a lot of times people get mad at their friends, but it's not their fault. You didn't have to listen to them. You tried to make a shortcut instead of praying, seeking God for yourself. You're being lazy spiritually. No, no. Take responsibility for your own life. Who am I preaching to? Let me see. I see grown-ups all through here, right? Not just little children. Somebody say take responsibility for your own life. For hearing from God for yourself. Is that right? In all your ways. Oh, somebody say, all my ways. That's when you get up. That's when you go to breakfast. That's when you drive down the road. Is that right? That's at work. That's at home. In all your, every time something comes up, you're going to humble yourself and admit, I don't know enough. I'm not enough to make all these decisions myself. I need his wisdom. I need his direction. And I must not just presume I'm going to claim something and believe something I hadn't even talked to him about. I'm believing him to do something he didn't even tell me he would do. That's separating faith principles from a living fellowship and a living trust with the living God. Talk to him. He'll talk to you. Hallelujah. He'll make you to know. He'll answer you. He'll help you. It may not always be the same day or even the same week, but don't give up. Hold on. And when when it crosses your mind, you you say, I'll know. He orders my steps. He directs my paths. What did he say? In all your ways, acknowledge him. What did the rest of it say? He shall direct your path. Can you count on him? He'll do it. He will do it. Many times it'll be far different than you thought. But his way is so much better than your way. Said out loud, not my will, but his will be done. I submit to his will. Glory to God. Can you take one more thing? Well, go to Matthew, the fourth chapter then. I'm only with you a couple of nights here. We can, we can stay a little bit longer. Yes, sir. Hmm? One night, one, one time I was in a service years ago and the service went a little bit long and I was getting a little antsy, a little fidgety. Then the Lord spoke to my heart. He said, what's your rush? <laughs> well, I knew he wanted an answer. He said, what are you rushing away from and what are you rushing to? What's your rush? That's a legitimate question. How many know you, there's no need trying to play with him. He knows. He already, <laughs> he already knows. So I said, well, I'm rushing away from prayer and the word and church 
to a sandwich <laughs> and the news. <laughs> and when you say it like that, it don't sound spiritual at all. <laughs> Matthew 4, are you there? Matthew 4. This is when Jesus was subjected to intense temptation from the enemy 40 days and nights. And you know, the first thing he did was he said, if you be the son of God, command these stones that they be made bread. Jesus responded with the word. It is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Well, then the enemy jumped to another thing in verse 5, Matthew 4, verse 5. The devil took him up to the holy city and set him on a pinnacle of the temple. And he said, if you be the son of God, cast yourself down for it is written. See, this is how Jesus responded the first time and really shut him down. No, I'm not going to turn stones into bread because it is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Now, out of all the thousands of verses in the word of God, how many believe this was, that was the response for that temptation? There was no better. Where did Jesus get that? He got that from the Father. And that's what he said. He said, I only say what I hear the Father say. He said, I can of my own self do nothing. Remember Jesus, Jesus saying that? Yes, yes. According to him, he never did anything on his own. He only did what he saw the Father do through him and what he heard the Father say. He was completely dependent on the Father's direction and guidance 24-7. He said, I did not come down from heaven to do my own will. But the will of him that sent me, I, he said, I always do what pleases him. Is this complete submission yes. and obedience? Yes. Well, the servant's not above his master. If you and I are going to have success, we're going to have to do it exactly the way he did it, Amen. which is complete submission and obedience to him through his spirit, through his word. So the enemy is real subtle, real crafty. He's trying to play Jesus, trying to beat him at his own response, quoting scripture to him. The enemy's like, okay, we're going to do that. I got some scripture for you. Do you know the devil knows scripture? He's been around a long time. He can quote way more scripture than you can. He said, uh, Jesus is up here on this high pinnacle, several floors down. And he said, jump, you know, jump off, throw yourself off because it's written. He'll give his angels charge over you concerning you. And in their hands, they will bear you up lest at any time you dash your foot against a stone. Now, let's just stop right here. We, we've read the rest of the story. We, we're already, our thinking's already affected by what came next. But try to 
imagine you haven't heard Jesus' response yet. And try to put yourself in that position. The enemy is basically challenging him, daring him, and challenging if he believes the word of God. Because it is written. Reasoning instead of revelation. Say it out loud, reasoning instead of revelation. And see, that's a way of leaning to your own understanding. Do you suppose Jesus could have thought of some other verses confirming God's protection? That God would protect you and that nothing is too hard for God. Do you suppose Jesus believed that it would not be a problem at all? For the Father to arrest his descent and the angels to just put their wings under him and set him down soft. And this could be a good sign to the community. A crowd would gather. You could have a meeting. People get saved. Surely God's in people getting saved. Somebody say reasoning. Reasoning. Not revelation. Reasoning. Reasoning based on scriptures. Do you see how subtle this is? How tricky this is? How deceptive this is? And he's challenging him. If you're the son of God, you believe this or not? Well, then prove it. It's like a dare. Well, prove it. Do you believe the Bible? Oh, friend, oh, brother, oh, sister, beware of trying to prove something to somebody. Oh, beware, beware. Well, I got to show them that God is real. You know, he was doing fine before you came along. <laughs> he was making it just fine before you came along to defend him. Uh-uh. No, God does not need us to defend him. He does not need us to prove to other people that he's real. He needs us to believe him and listen to him and obey him. And Jesus would not jump off of that temple, pinnacle. You know why? Because the father did not tell him to jump off that pinnacle. Huh? So he said, Jesus said, I can of my own self do nothing. Jesus said, I can't do it of myself. Most Christians don't even believe that. But Jesus said it. Yes. Didn't he? Yes, he, did. he said, I only do, only, what I see him do. I only say what I hear him say about it. And if I, in many situations, when the Father has said nothing to you about that, you know all you need to know. Leave it alone. Don't do it. You don't need a reason not to do something. You need a word and direction to do it. Elsewise, you can't do it in faith. 
I've had even some friends get upset with me and they say, well, you know, why won't you come do this meeting with us? Or why won't you do this or that? And I thought we were friends. And I said, well, I thought, I thought we still were. <laughs> but why won't you do it? I don't need a reason, brother, sister, not to do something. I need direction to do it because I know that without him, I can't do it. Are y'all awake? And if I commit to it and he didn't tell me to do it, it could be the hardest thing, the deadest thing. I've done a couple of things like that years ago. I'm done with that. I don't want to ever do that again. No, I don't need a reason not to do something. I need direction to do it. And if he directs you to do it, then you don't have to beg him to help with the budget or to give you revelation and anointing. It was his idea. Is that right? It was his idea. He's going to take care of it. He's going to give you what you need. But you've got to, instead of jumping ahead and starting planning and seeing if we can do it, whoa, 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 back up, back up, back up. Did anybody ask him, should we do it? Come on, can you see this? This is why people get bogged up in things. They get bogged up in projects that just go on and on and on and it's not working and uh, as an individual or in your business, some new juncture or, or something you're trying to do and man, it's so hard and man, it's just not working. Well, you jumped out too quick. Did you acknowledge him in it? Especially big moves in life. You need to pray about it, seek God, sometimes for months, sometimes for years before you make that big move. And you don't have it till you have it. And instead, instead of trying to make him, you know, get involved with what you want to do, mm-mm, you submit to him. And you say, Lord, what, what, do you, what do you want us to do about this? And many times it's different than how you thought. And sometimes even your own family members and other people, they won't be happy with you because, well, yeah, but you got to do it. We're family. No, no, I don't got to do it. Mm-mm. And whether they understand it or not, it wouldn't be good if the Lord wasn't in it. And I'm not God. I can't fix everything. I can't do things just because I want to. I can do what he gives me. I can believe what he told me. That's where I make my confessions. That's where I make my stand. That's where I declare. That's where I set my face and I'm not going to quit. After, somebody, somebody help me out. After. I've heard from him. Is that right? Come on, somebody say after, after, after I heard from him. Can you see the danger of this reasoning? Well, yeah, but you trust God, don't you? And we got scripture for it right here. Scripture. You got a scripture. The devil quoted it correctly. It is written. So jump. Prove it. Oh, how many times Christians have fallen for that and they jumped. Right? They jumped into something they shouldn't have. They moved too quick. They, they jumped and splat. And people have gotten mad because God, why didn't you catch me? Why, why didn't you catch me? And he would say, I wasn't in that anywhere. I was nowhere around that. You didn't ask me anything. If you'd asked him, he'd have said, 
get yourself, go take the elevator. <laughs> take the stairs, get down here and tell the devil where to go. Right? <laughs> because just like the master and how much more even so, I can do nothing of myself. Right? I need to, I need to live with that awareness, but thank God I'm not by myself. He's with me. Is that right? And with him, I can do all things, but it's only with him. Stand on your feet, everybody. How many would say you'd make a quality decision tonight? And even if you've done it before, you're making a reaffirmation that God is faithful. And you're not going to blame him for things that didn't work out the way you wanted them to. Hmm? Things that didn't happen with other people. Maybe you tried to pray it that way or you tried to do it, but you, maybe you're beginning to see I should have asked him more before I just blasted in trying to make that happen with my faith. But it comes back to this simple basic thing. God, I trust you. You are not the problem. You never have been. Everybody pray it out loud with me. Say it, Father God. I trust you. Forgive me for ever entertaining any ideas or thoughts or feelings that you let me down. You weren't there for me. You didn't come through for me. These are lies. No one has ever trusted in you and was ashamed they did. It has never happened and it never will because you are the faithful God. Come on, lift your voice. Say, you are my God, the faithful God, the faithful God, the faithful God. Say it out loud. I choose to seek you and wait on you and not get ahead of you, to ask you and not assume, to acknowledge you. In all my ways, everything I do, checking in with you first, inquiring of you first, asking you first, and I thank you that you are so gracious, you are so faithful, you do order my steps, you do direct my paths, and you shall guide me with your counsel. Hallelujah. Oh, lift your hands. Lift your hands. Lift your praise. Lift thanks. Say praise God. Glory to God. Bless the Lord, oh my soul. All that is within me, bless his holy name. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Come on, thank him a bit more. Thank you for your mercy, Lord. Thank you for your mercy. Thank you for your mercy. 
thank you for your mercy. I trust you. I trust you. I trust you. I will trust you. No matter what I understand or don't understand, I trust you. I'm on your side, Lord. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Just focus on him a little bit. Don't, don't let any kind of stuff from the past color your fellowship with the Father. Oh, he's the good God. He's the faithful God. You know, I, I just know this is going to be true. That after you get to glory, after you get to heaven, for the first century probably at least, just ever so often you'll stop and go, oh, You'll see something, you go, oh, no wonder. Oh, okay. Oh, why? Because now we're looking through a glass dimly, darkly. There is so much we don't see and we don't know. But when it all comes out, you know what's going to be proven beyond any question? The scripture said, let God be true. And every man a liar that said otherwise and everybody's going to see no matter what kind of blasphemies and, and railings and accusations that men and women ever made throughout all the generations, it's going to be shown what really happened and when you see it, you're going to go, oh, faithful God, faithful God. He was more merciful than I would have asked him to be. I didn't know all that. I didn't see all that. But God was faithful. Can you say amen? Do you believe it? You can go ahead and decide to believe that right now. So lift your hands again and say, thank you, faithful God. Thank you, mighty God, gracious God, good God, faithful God. I trust you. I trust you. I trust you. I trust you. Faithful forever. Hallelujah. Merciful. Gracious, good, faithful God. Hallelujah. Thank you for joining us. We hope this message has blessed you. Don't forget to check us out on all the social platforms. We're uploading encouraging content on a regular basis. For more information, go to thearcchurch.com. Have a great week.